Thanks for tuning in to Kiyo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne, and as you know, I unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today's conversation is with Janet. She is the sole owner of Gusto 54 Global Restaurant Group. And um, I have to say, our conversation is in person at one of her restaurants. So that means there was a little bit of, let's call it, background restaurant ambiance to set the tone for the conversation. So who is Janet? Janet is um, an incredible person. She's literally been all over the news lately, winning awards, hitting the top restaurants in America list. Actually, the same week we had this conversation, Michelle Obama had paid a visit to the very location this episode was recorded at. So a lot of really great things happening and all very well deserved. But what we really dive into is it took a lot of work to get to this level and a lot of personal growth. So these are the type of things that we unpack uh, in this conversation. I hope you enjoy the chat. And if you do, please do give us a little love wherever you're listening. And lastly, this podcast would not be possible without the support of Keo, our daily reflection app. All these awesome guests end up in app to help guide you through your reflections. So take a first spin. It's in the Apple App Store. All you have to do is search K-Y-O. Thanks, as always, for giving us your attention today and have the best day yet. That is a loaded to get question. <laughs> oh, just to yeah, just to warm up. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? The first thing that comes to mind is that um, I'm someone who has drive. I'm a perfectionist, and that's a double-edged sword. So it's proved um, beneficial in certain areas, and a little bit torturous to live with my perfectionist tendencies. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a lover of food and travel. I love people. I love, you know, really being authentically me and I, I work towards towards that and to be a grounded person. Um, I could say a lot. I could just keep talking <laughs> who no, I am. But those are the first things that come to mind. Okay. Where do you- where do you think all that has come from? I mean, is there... I, I mean, I've done the research, obviously, for, for this um, interview, but, like, entrepreneurship's been in your family. Um, I think you kind of took a, a step, you know, a leap outside of the your, your dad's path, right, and started your own thing, and that was a challenge at, at, the, at the beginning. But so, like, where does all of the drive to push through the, even things like that with family and imagine the host of things that come up on a day-to-day basis and where does all that come from I think a lot comes from your childhood like for everyone it's a blanket kind of statement your childhood your upbringing what you saw in your own own household my father was an entrepreneur he started with nothing and he made something of himself and he brought the first espresso machine into Canada and started coffee culture and to be in a household of, um, you know, a family that had, you know, you know, the head of the family being an entrepreneur, 
you're, you know, you're living and you're breathing that because an entrepreneur, it's not, you know, it's not nine to five. Yeah. He was very, um, you know, he was, a, he was kind of addicted to his work and we all had to kind of live that. Sure. And Italian parents put their kids to work very young. So I started working for him as a 12 year old and going to trade shows. So I just grew, I grew up fast. I yeah. was speaking to adults when I was a kid, essentially. Yeah. And just watching my father and, you know, I think that you have to be born as an entrepreneur. I, I think it's either, you know, you want a paycheck or you can live without that paycheck and do whatever it takes. My father was unstoppable. He had a lot of grit and I believe that I inherited that. And I feel that grit is the greatest determiner of success. So I, I think it was all from my upbringing and a huge influence uh, from my father. Okay. What makes, um, what makes you smile about your work? So many things. Okay. The first thing is that I'm doing what I'm passionate about. Sure. So it's ne even if when the days are long, even if the times have been tough at certain times in my, in my career, when it's passion, you do not feel like you are working. I would almost trade it in for a vacation to just do what I do because I love it so much. I'm passionate about food and I'm passionate about being an entrepreneur and a business person. So I've combined two passions. So I feel like double, I have sure. this double luck double going, <laughs> this double win right now. And it's working with incredible people. My team people that are at the head of my company and leading this company all the way down to every position in my company. You know, now we have hundreds of employees. Yeah. I feel this is a company run, you know, from love, with love, with goals to develop people and really put uh, energy and time and money against uh, this company through employee development. Sure. That makes me feel really p proud. And I'm working with some of my best friends and people that feel like family. So an absolute joy to come to work. And, you know, now my niece is working for me and she, I love her to death and she's in the company. So, uh, you know, nice. it's the people at the end of the day, we're yeah. in a people business and not to mention amazing customers that I have. So all this interaction with amazing people, yeah. is what life's about. Sure. So, you know, speaking about you, now you've got hundreds of people within the company. Um, the last little while has been, I mean, just even as an outsider looking in and, and following some of your work, there's awards, there's restaurants getting awards, there's you personally being acknowledged, which is amazing. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, but I find what, what happens is people see that, you know, from the outside and say, oh, wow, things are, are really taking off. But that's years of work, right? So I'd like to touch a little bit on that with you. You know, the last three or four or five years, like what? What was the story? What, what, what's been your journey to, to get all this going? Well, it's definitely I'm getting a lot of accolades right now, and like right now, all at once. Yeah. And so this overnight success, which it looks like, started 21 years ago. Exactly. This so is why I wanted to bring it up. Yes. <laughs> it was. You know, I was um, not expanding. I had no intention to expand rapidly. I opened my first restaurant 21 years ago, at the corner of Yorkville and Bel Air, and great location. It was successful from day one. Worked very hard, but I had a goal of purchasing that real estate okay. for security. 
So I saved my money. I sold my margarita pizzas and my capellini pasta and saved my money and lived below my means so I could make a bigger move in life, which is to purchase the corner of Yorkville and Bel Air. And that took me 10 years. So I didn't make any other moves other than save my money, which sometimes is a really good thing to do. When I bought the corner of Yorkville and Bel Air, that's when I felt secure for the first time. And there was a weight off my shoulders. It wasn't, I didn't have a big weight, but it was this bit of weight that I had on my shoulder for 10 years of, yes, Nervosa is very successful, but if somebody offers my landlord a good amount of money, I'm out of that location. And I just felt that that location was a gold mine. So I needed to own that real estate. Once I purchased that, then my mind was open to making maybe riskier moves or let's expand the company. Sure. You know, a lot of times people expand too soon. They don't grow their roots. They don't learn. They don't develop the, the processes, the procedures. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, many a times people go bankrupt sure. over expanding too fast. So I definitely took my time. And then I survived 10 years. Isn't it? What, what's the average? Seven years? Six seven, seven years. years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. High likelihood of failing, a 50% chance of failing within the first year. But then once you survive that, the average lifespan of a restaurant is seven years. So, yes, you know, to be here 21 years, to have never closed a restaurant, to have never had a, a, like, quote-unquote a failure is also, for me, an amazing accomplishment. Because I look at a lot of people that I look up to in the United States and restaurateurs. There's been been a few failures to, to, to everyone that I kind of research, I'm like, oh, they closed a few restaurants too. So knock on wood, I haven't closed anything yet. Yeah. But um, it took me 10 years to start opening my mind to another restaurant, and that's when Gusto 101 and King West happened for me, and I purchased the building, then I I poured a lot of money in the building to develop a much larger restaurant, which is, you know, 230 seats. Sure. And I just, I didn't know how it was going to go. But I opened in the dead of winter, February the 3rd, um, nearly seven years ago. And I told my staff, listen, nobody um, stress me out if we're not busy. Let's, let, let this restaurant just gain some traction. We'll assess it in the summer when, sure. you know. And then um, I turned around and they kind of tapped me on the shoulder. The restaurant was full and we had a two-hour wait list our first night. Yes. <laughs> and then, the, the, you know, we had a two-hour wait list every day and it hasn't it hasn't slowed down so that was almost shocking to me I was like wow this is successful and that's when I gained confidence really Nervosa 10 years you know sometimes you think you're lucky you're lucky with a great location you're lucky for many many other reasons you don't trust yourself you know and your your competence in a way but opening my second restaurant from scratch kind of worked on it by myself and it was successful out of the gates. That's when I said, okay, I know, I feel like I know what I'm doing. Sure. You know, and then sure. all along the way developed systems and procedures and, you know, really worked on the company to, you know, expand much more easily with okay. a lot of material behind us now, right? Yeah. Because my background... My background's business. I have an MBA. So I was going to bring that to the restaurant business. Like, let's be smart about this. Yeah. yeah. And let's really almost create, like, this Gusto University, which we now have to, to train people. But, you know, you need all, all this in the background to make sure that your foundation is, is rock solid. 
to be a platform to grow your company. And then, you know, from there, like, I don't want to say the rest is history, but we've been, you know, in the last two years, uh, doubled the real estate holdings. I doubled, we doubled all, you know, the amount of restaurants that we have to... Last year that you opened five? Is it last year or the year before? Um, over 2017, well, yeah, 2017. So the, after Gusto, I went into partnership with Jeff and Nui Regular, and we opened up Pie Northern Thai Kitchen. And then... After that, I opened a catering company, which is, for me, a, you know, a valid business. Gusto 54 Catering is a whole other sure. business for me that I opened up. Then, after that, was going to L.A., and about seven months ago, opened up, so in 2017, opened up Felix in Venice, uh, Kin, another Thai restaurant, that's, number, that's okay. number six, on Adelaide, okay. K-I-I-N, and that's a little bit uh, like royal Thai cooking. It's it's it's, a, it's quite different from Thai food that you okay. that people have I think have experience with. Um, Chubby's Jamaican Kitchen is opening in a few days. Awesome. Uh, um, you know, across the street from Gusto on Portland, and then we are breaking ground right now uh, in the East End in Corktown for Gusto Five Hundred One. My area. Which will be another, like, you know, that'll be a 6,000 square foot building, two, you know, about 200 okay. seats as well. Uh, a little bit a little bit different in design. Sure. Still good value. Still, like, no mistaking, you're in a gusto. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's, sure. you know, probably about eight eight to nine businesses. I, <laughs> I, have, to, I have to count them. I have to write them down sure. and talk about but um, Well, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because, I mean, so even that, if there's someone who was just looking on the outside, wow, that's incredible, everything's flying, but it's, I mean, I wrote down patience. I mean, it's, it's something to say, like you had the vision from the very beginning of owning that, that property. And that's one thing to say, but to stick it out for 10 years and, you know, to go through all the ups and downs of, I'm sure that was 10 years, that's, that's where it's rare, right? Yeah. And then everything else, right? You know, and seeing that vision in the back room, okay, we're setting up from a business perspective, blocks to do what's happening right now. Yeah. Essentially. Inspiring. You know, yeah, but I, I, I did not know that I would open another restaurant after Nervosa. When I opened Nervosa, uh, I mean, I started with partners, but I bought them out. So I, I'm, a, I'm a sole owner. Okay. So whatever money was coming out of Nervosa was enough money for me to do what I wanted to do in my life. So I was like, wow, I think I just figured out how to make money. Like, sure. And, you know, I moved people in certain, in certain jobs that I was doing, which gave my, me a lot of freedom. So I was, I was traveling all over the world. I was sure. traveling for about six months out of the year. And Nervosa was just bringing in, you know, the money. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then I, I really felt that I wanted more challenge in my life and sure. wanted to open up more. But I, I didn't, wasn't, it wasn't from day one. I was like, own Nervosa, buy the real estate. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'm good in life. Yeah. And then I decided to expand. Well, so let's talk about the shift, because we talked about that before this started, but before the, the traveling and, and all that, I mean, it was, a, it was a grind for sure, right? Oh, it was a grind. Yeah. So how, yeah. like, was there a point, was that always the plan to, to just get it to that one point and then be able to pull back a little bit, enjoy life a little bit, and recharge or whatever, they, however you want to term it up, but yeah. was that always No, no, there was no, no plan. There okay. was, you know, open the doors, I needed to work around the clock, 17 hours a day. I never took a vacation. It was yeah. exactly four and a half years of, a, you know, it's a, that's a grind. But yeah. again, I loved it. Sure. Until 
uh, that four and a half year mark where I literally woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to die. I sometimes would walk home. I lived a couple of blocks away and I, I would hold the side of the, the, the wall to kind of walk myself a few blocks home from, you know, because my exhaustion was intense. Yeah. You're ready for adrenaline and all that. Yeah. In the restaurant business is very high energy. Yeah. And that's when I just, that's when it was hit me like a ton of bricks where I said my life is not working, working this way. After about three years is when I, my head, you know, was, was able to come above water where the money is okay, right? After yeah. th- it happened after three years. Yeah. And I think most businesses, when you start, it takes about three years to get there. Sure. That three year mark, I started to, okay, okay, now I've got some money and, yeah. you know, paid down, paid down the debts and all yeah. of that. And, and at the four and a half year mark is when it was like, I can't do this anymore. And at that point I was like, do I sell the business or do I find, do I flip this on its head and just, you know, you know, operate completely differently and delegate. And, um, how I did that was I didn't know how I was going to do it because I was doing everything. So I was opening the restaurant, I was closing the restaurant. I was working whatever position I took, but I worked every mm-hmm. position in the restaurant. I was the bookkeeper. I did Everything yeah. like like most kind of mom and pop shops, sure, you know, sure. you take on doing everything. So what I did was I don't. I said it to myself like I don't know how I'm going to do this, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a ticket to India, okay. thirty days out, and sure. I'm going to be away for a month. And so I have giving myself thirty days to figure it out. But I'm leaving. I'm going on a plane because I was like at that point, I actually didn't care if the business failed because I was like, I I can't sustain this. Yeah, yeah. So immediately I was like, I hired a bookkeeper. You know, I grabbed my one of these one of the guys from the front of the house who's still by my side 21 years later, Demetrio Bianco. I said, okay, you're going to be uh, you know GM and head of you know everything front of the house. Yeah. My chef at that time, I'm like, you're head of everything back of the house. Bookkeeper, I'm like, here's what I do. Passed it on, and took off and went to India. So that's key. I mean, that that's inspiring. Um, it's I mean, you set a deadline, obviously, right? Yeah. And but this is in place to be able to succeed in that. It's another really unique thing. Yeah, I'm a perfectionist, and I knew that I would never leave until I saw it run perfectly, which was never yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So, I d- I bought that plane ticket, forced myself out, and when I came home, no, things were not great. Sure. They weren't horrible. I, and I said, as long as the place doesn't burn down. Yeah. Like, I just didn't care. <laughs> sure, sure. I just needed to find my life. And then I came back and I said, okay, what worked, what didn't work? And then they told me, you know, people complaining that they didn't see me around Nervosa anymore. And I'm like, they all get over it eventually. Yeah, yeah. And then kept working and training and seeing the gaps. Okay, what do we need to do? And that's, that's all I did was I'd go away. It wouldn't work perfectly see the gaps, train against those gaps, it got better all the time. Okay. Until I was asked the question, do you own Nervosa? We never see you. And I'm like, perfect. Like, and they thought Demetrio Bianco, the head of operations, they, everyone still to this day thinks he's the owner. I'm like, great, I've done my job. I don't yeah. want anyone asking for me at the restaurant because that's not what I want to do anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it was perfect. It's amazing. So let's talk about you a little bit specifically and I mean you hit that wall obviously almost literally yeah um, you put in those systems in place and you kind of set up a new vision but what, what are some of the things that you do and some of the non-negotiables in your life now 
whether it's mentally, physically. I know you're very active. Yeah, food, I mean, I uh, I do a lot to put gas in the tank. I do okay. a lot, and I have a, a wonderful lifestyle. I, I really can't complain, and I've sure. from all those years ago. Like it was four and a half years of the grind, and then a little bit had a life of leisure where I was like, I'm just going to travel, and yeah. I did a lot of. Um, workshops on myself I do a lot of inner work on myself I believe that you know Jane Fonda it's a line from Jane Fonda but she says you know she lives an examined life and I believe that it's important to live an examined life and I keep wanting to work on myself and the more work I do on myself the happier I become the more at peace I become the better human being I become to other people so all these I go around and I travel and I do workshops and I do yoga and I meditate and then I go away and I do I you know I've done several yoga teachers training so okay. just for my own benefit and yeah. development I've gone away and I've done intense meditation retreats I go for walks I ride my bike I sure. I work out I have a new passion of tennis over the last 2 years I'm absolutely obsessed with I for the first time in my life I have a sport I prioritize time with friends and family prioritize I you know work has never gotten in the way of that and how I made that happen is I pay people I pay leaders in my company very well and I tell them that their job is to make my life easier where a lot of business owners would rather have the cash I would not I'm happy to pass it on to other people because I'm I want a balanced life I want to I want to have freedom in my life and choose how my day goes and I really do. I have like, I have a crazy good life. I have to pinch myself, and I, I feel in, incredibly grateful. Yeah. And I and I created it. Of you know, course. I think, Just like I said, um, many entrepreneurs wouldn't do what I do. I I'm a massive delegator, and I do not micromanage. And I love four, these four words when I hear, "I've got it handled." I'm like, oh my god, those are my four favorite words. Thank you. I love it. You know, and I don't get involved in things. Unless I, I 100% need to be involved, I know what I need to do as a visionary in my company. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even know a lot of things going on in the day-to-day operations. People ask me questions, I'm like, I don't know anymore. Yeah. You know, with that's okay. We have 500, 600 employees, um, eight businesses going. We do a thousand people a day in most of our restaurants. Yeah. We're serving thousands of people a day. And I just look, I look more at the big picture. I look at the future. Uh, you know, I'm, I truly am a visionary and I just do what I like to do. So it's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. But you're also, you know, you're, you, I can see like you're personally doing the training for you to be amazing at your current role, essentially, right? Yes. Like you can't, you, you could have continued that lifestyle, obviously, I mean, yeah. physically. And now, whether it's travel or the yoga or meditation or writing, whatever whatever it is, I mean, essentially you're freeing up your brain, right? Yeah. And stimulating all the creative thinking and the visionary thinking and all that stuff, right? So it's all it all. It's so important to my success and what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, well, and this and is why I want to pull. I mean, that essentially is what we're trying to expose, right? Yeah. Versus, you know, seeing just the awards and this and that and the success of the restaurants. Well, there's so much behind that, right? And yeah. that's why we want to pull that those insights out. Yeah. And for someone to read your interview or listen to it and be like, you know what, I need to, if it was in that very moment, be like, I need to spend more time with family and friends. Yeah. And then we've done our job, right? Mm-hmm. Or what I've been putting off this yoga training or this retreat for 
three years. Like now's the time. Yeah. Kind of thing. So interesting. I, I, I mean, I'd love to chat a little bit more about. Uh, it's funny I had tennis written down there. Um, what are your non? Because you're traveling quite a bit. So like, what are some of the non-negotiables? Because it's I find it's it's easier to you know keep up the routine when you're home and things are a little bit more stable. Or let's talk about the filming of uh, Top Chef Canada. I mean, that's crazy time. Yeah. Like, what were some of the things that had to be in your routine um, or in your day? Or... Well, you know, I changed my whole lifestyle for this month uh, that okay. I shot Top Chef Canada. And I didn't do it last season, but I didn't love my results on that show last season. Okay. And um, I put way more focus on the show to give it my all. And I think it's important to always do your best. And I'm not saying I didn't do my best last season, but I was definitely far more contained and I didn't express myself fully how I wanted to express myself. So I wanted to come at it differently. I wanted to put a lot more energy, give a lot more energy. Let's say, you know, you know last year we were filming 17 hours and I didn't talk that much. Okay. The editing of the show, it looks, it's an even show. People are just, all the judges are gonna talk evenly because they edit it that way. But I spoke one-tenth of everyone else. Okay. This season, I was just like, I I wanted to bring my confidence to it and also just knowing everybody and being more comfortable with people. And so I focused on the show this month, and that meant for me not going out at night. Like, just never, even, I wasn't filming every day, but I didn't go out at all. And I stayed home, and I conserved my energy. And I'm a big... Like, I'm out seven nights a week normally, checking out new restaurants, and I'm just out. I'm very, very social. I really, unless I had to, some work-related things, I um, stayed home. I went to bed 8 p.m., latest 9 p.m. Okay. I just, it was such an interesting month for me. It was almost Mm -hmm. like something I have not done in years. So we're supposed to I had an allergy, allergy to staying home. Yeah. And like literally an allergy because I live alone. I'm like, I'm not like, yeah. I'm not staying home. I'm alone and I want to yeah. go out and socialize. And it was just meditating and reading and playing, like searching for music and listening to great music and lighting candles in my house and just making it a sanctuary. Yeah. And really just using all my tools to make sure that I would do the, do the, actually bring my best to the show. I bring the, my best in a lot of things, but I felt like I wasn't doing that to the show, and it wasn't for any other reason than I just felt contained, and I felt that I couldn't exactly. find my voice. Yeah, I didn't feel the confidence, you know. And then, so it was, it was. I just gave it my all. So this season, and it may not even look different to people when if they watch the show. It was just internally for me, it was a very, very different experience. Okay. And in my life whenever I'm doing anything, projects, nothing comes easy for me. Like when I was at school and I did my MBA, I, I studied around the clock. Like I just didn't sleep, I studied. Um, when I opened Nervos, I worked around the clock. Uh, you know, now I felt that I had to bring the same to the show and that's how it goes with yeah. me. Things generally don't come that easily for me. I'm, I'm a workhorse and so sure. I need to work at everything. But you shifted it. It's so interesting because the, I mean, these practices, I mean, arguably are so different from all the other things that you've been doing in your life, right? But again, you went full out on that. So, like, how did you notice, you obviously noticed the difference at the end, but how quickly did you start noticing 
a change for yourself. No, I was, I, well, I was, it was a lead up to me where I was just like, okay, this has to go, this experience has to go differently for you, Janet. Last, the first season for me last year, I just walked away from filming every day feeling like I didn't do a good job. And that, that beats you, you, like you beat yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. And I just did not want to have that feeling. I actually felt like I failed at something and I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. So I was like, I need to do this differently. And so the lead up, I was, even in the summer, thinking about filming in November, I started to think about it. Okay. And it's really kind of funny because it's these kind of things that you say in your head that you're going to be like, I'm going to be confident. It's like telling yourself positive stories. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to have fun. Last year, I didn't have a lot of fun. I had a lot of stress dur- dur- doing the show. This year, I just created it that I'm going to have confidence, be authentic, and have fun. Yeah. And that's what I created it to be. And that I was going to bring a lot of energy to the show. So I, I spoke 10 times more than I did last year. Sure. And then I, I created it to be that. And so it was just such a different experience for me but your mind creates creates it yeah so what were what were the triggers like what I mean you obviously are a reflective person it's coming but are there like in our case we're, we're doing writing right reflective writing and, and having key questions in your life uh, to slow down so you can come to these conclusions but is this was this you know you, you finished the seasons season you weren't feeling great about it or like November hit like what what like where in your day or in your process do these insights come up or these triggers for you to act on them? Well, was, you know, last year doing the show, I didn't, you know, like my performance yeah, and sure. what I was doing. And then viewing the show, I, you know, maybe a couple of shows I liked. The rest I was just, I didn't like my, what I did on the show. Yeah. And um, I felt that I had so much more to say and somehow I was holding back. So, you know, when we got renewed for another season, I just said to myself at that point, like, I'm not repeating what I did. Okay. Because I just, I want to also enjoy everything that I do. And even if it's a hard work, I actually enjoy working hard at something. So this, yeah. I just knew that I'm going to do my inner work. So it started in the summer because I just knew, okay, fall, like one season before. So it's like meditating and telling myself that I was going to be a different way and it's amazing what you think you become you are you know you this negative talk which all of us have there isn't a person on the planet that doesn't have some form of negative talk I believe yeah you got to switch that narrative right and and encourage yourself and I'm actually reading a book about tennis right now and um which one is that because I'm a huge tennis fan as well I knew you were going to ask me. I'm reading it right now, and I'm blanking probably because I'm so tired. Andre the inner game of t- the inner game oh, of tennis. Oh, okay. The inner game of tennis. It's a bestseller right now. I've heard that one. Yeah. I've, I've never really had a sport, and now for two years, I have a passion. I never, you know, you just you're amazed when you just pick up something and you're like, it, you find a new passion. Yeah. It's just so much fun. And but this book, the inner game of tennis, is more about life mm-hmm. and how you talk to yourself in your in your mind and you know when I'm and how let's say you're practicing just doing a clinic and you're hitting great and then you go play and everything falls apart and it's that mental conversation that you have so even now when I'm playing tennis I don't you know I start I'm hitting bad I'm having an off day 
I, I'm just very like, you know what, it's going to get better, Janet. I don't beat myself up because we do, right? Yeah, when you yeah. start playing tennis badly and you know you know better, yeah. but you can't connect to why you're hitting so terribly. And you start like, what are you, an idiot? Yeah. Janet, like, what la la. You can't, you can't do that in life. Yeah. So it's, it's shifting those negative conversations and they're powerful the mind is so powerful so powerful powerful. and it you know it doesn't take that much to just change (laughs) change the conversation sure to being an encouraging one I love that I'll you'll for sure love I just finished reading Maria Sharapova's book yeah I listened to podcasts yeah her own Tim Ferriss Tim Ferriss yeah yeah so speaking of Tim Ferriss though I totally thought of Tim Ferriss when you um marked the India trip as because that's totally his his style, right? Put a firm deadline, so that yeah. forces you. Anyway, that's an aside. The other one, though, is Andre Agassi's book. is really good. I read well. that as well. Yeah, I okay. read that, yeah. But it's so, you're right. There's so many parallels to just life in general. Maria Sharapova, she had a really great line in there. I'm going to mess up the actual quote, but it was something along the lines that, you know, great or all-time best tennis players... Um, it's not about when, when you're playing well that are always winning. It's you know it's when you're really playing bad and you're and you still win. Like that was the yeah. whole concept behind yeah. it, which is challenging because, like you said, it's all the self-talk. Right? Yeah. So interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I want to be conscious of time, so I, I'd love to get your your questions. Um, are there three or two or three questions that you find you are asking yourself on a frequent basis or? during any of these big life-changing events or business opportunities that you think would be valuable for people to, to have in their template or within our, our app? You know, questions that I ask myself when I have opportunities, it's, you know, I have to make sure that I'm doing it for the right reason, so I'm, I'm not motivated by money. Yeah. And I think it's a losing game if your, your focus is on money. So it has to fit in. You know, a lot of times people ask me, why are you doing this, Janet? Why are you expanding so much? And I feel like I'm just getting started. Like, okay. we are going to do so much more. And because I love it, because I love challenges, because I love developing people, I love so much about this. But everything that I do, I have to ask myself, is this the right thing to do? Is this coming because it's the right reason to do it? So I have to put it through, through that filter that it's going to fit with everything in our in our mission for my company and for my people and and for me so that's definitely a question that I ask myself okay you know and I'm, I'm, I, I always ask myself like will this bring me joy in in anything that I do even when I'm you know and I I picked this up probably off of a Tim Ferris a guest off of Tim Ferris but even with um, clutter I'm a big declutterer I do not and I just look at something in clothing that I've had, and I'm like, does this bring me joy? Objects. And if it just doesn't, I let go. I have such a sparse house. People come into my house, they're like, you have nothing. I'm like, yeah, I don't want things. I don't want a life of taking care of things. Yeah. So, so everything that I do is, does this bring me joy? When I'm invited somewhere, and it's an event, or I ask myself, is this going to bring me joy? Mm-hmm. I walk away from... Uh, anything, an outing, an outing with friends, an event, a trip, and I'm like, did that bring me joy? And I write down, I go, remember, the, remember, Janet, that that sailing trip with those 12 people brought you so much joy. So in life, when I might think that, oh, I'm too busy right now, 
it, I write notes for myself what brings me joy. Okay. So then I'll stop and go, no, 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 you're going to book that another sailing trip because that brought you so much joy. Sure. I love traveling with groups of people, spending time with people. Sure. Gr- I like groups of people and trips and traveling. Yeah. I mean, so many people, we all love traveling. Yeah, of but, course. Um, so where do you write, like, do you do you do any type of journaling? Are you... Um, yeah, I keep everything on my phone now. Okay. I, I'm a big fan of Evernote. So good. Yeah. So, um, you know, I also believe in being organized to keep one place for all of your notes but I, I also keep one uh, notebook going one journal going because there's something about writing it with your hands that's a little bit different also for me for learning I have a connection to learning through writing it out uh, so um, I also keep one 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 thing going one book with me one okay. book and my yeah. my trusty iPhone sure well I mean People think automatically with us that because we're basically creating a digital journal or some sort of reflective app, and uh, they don't think we don't, you know, we don't have notebooks. But I'm the same as you. I mean, there's certain things that I just like to write out yeah. and just to retain and whatnot. But I think we're very similar. Like for us, with the app is, you know, if something like that comes up, and then you can tag it as you know trips or new ideas, and you know, just leveraging technology to. Just help in the process, right? Oh, my right? goodness, yeah, help you keep organized. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Absolutely. Um, third question? Is there another one? Um, let me think. Anything around, because you're very healthy, like, mentally and physically, I, I, I take from, from my research and the chat. Anything around, like, your health goals or nutrition or anything like that? Yeah, I'm, for most of my life, I've been uh, extremely health conscious. Okay. And that means different things to different people. But I have a really healthy lifestyle, and I move my body a lot, and I get energized by being in nature, so I'm outside, and, you know, the mind, body, spirit, and the yoga, and um, I choose what I think uh, are healthy foods, you know, and I only have organic in my house. When I'm eating out and I'm checking out restaurants, I can't be that fastidious about it because I also need to just eat at a lot of different restaurants to for me in in my work but it's the 80-20 rule I think for everything 80% of the time I'm choosing for my health I'm I'm eating for my health but I also you know my diet may not be healthy to other people but I I am I'm I'm a carnivore and I like I like protein and fish I like I like meat and vegetables and raw salads and I pretty much don't eat processed foods so yeah not much processed foods try to you know have grass-fed beef and you know healthy healthy sources of of those proteins sure yeah you have a pretty uh well I don't want to call it strict but a pretty uh, consistent morning breakfast from what I saw in a past interview. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. espresso. Yeah. Well, I changed my breakfast, so now I'm eating. Okay. I was, uh, had an intolerance to egg yolks, okay. and then I found that pasture-raised eggs, I didn't have an intolerance to that. So I'm back on, like, full egg because I believe in the fat. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. big on fat right now yeah. for, um, I th- I'm in my second year of a, you know, Tim Ferriss keto, a, a little bit of a ketogenic lifestyle. Yeah. I'm not strict with it, but... It's, you know, I have, like, bacon, eggs. I mean, you know, nitrate-free bacon. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I, lo- I love my bacon. My bacon and eggs and avocado. And yeah. it might be, like, some sautéed kale. But I'm, and, you know, definitely a double espresso. But I'm, yeah, I love having breakfast. Yeah. yeah. I just love it. It's just a routine in my life. I wake up early just to 
have that quiet time and eat a really great breakfast. Well, that's kind of where I was going with that was just the quiet time, the consistency, and I guess removing some of the decisions for the food. And you, uh, I wrote down a quote where, you, you know, I'm looking for anything to help my brain function at its highest level. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Love that. And yeah. it's so clear. Um, I mean, that was related to your morning routine, but it's so clear to everything that you're doing. Like That is a huge goal or objective for you. Yeah, I'm taking, you know, taking a lot of fish oils every day. And okay. I just want to, I want to, yeah, I want to have my brain function, functioning. I think we all do. Yeah. I'm not sure today if it's functioning that well. It's I'm functioning just, great. <laughs> I'm, I definitely feel the exhaustion from the show today a little bit more, but... Um, you know, it's normal. I think it's very natural coming off of a very intense schedule sure. right now. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, taking supplements to help my brain. Yes. Um, I see an osteopath who does a type of biofeedback okay. that I just started, you know, where you wear goggles and you listen to someone talking and, and, um, affecting your subconscious and also, you know, flashing kind of lights. Your eyes are closed, but stimulating the brain. Like, I'm all over, I'm all over, like, anything. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I want to go do the float tanks, you know, the, you I've know. i that down here. Yeah. On Queen. I, like, I want to get into that. Like, I just hear anything, and I'm like, I try everything. I, okay. I like, just, I'm, I'm so open-minded, and I take what works, and leave, I leave behind what doesn't personally work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Last question for you as we sit here today. Um, what are you most grateful for? I mean, being, being healthy. You know, being healthy. Is, I, I think um, health is wealth. And when you are healthy and when your loved ones are healthy around you, I think you should not complain. Like any other complaint, I just, I just don't think it's valid. Like life is hard and there's ups and there's downs. And um, to be able-bodied because I love so much doing so many activities in my life and that I can do that in my life I'm I'm the most grateful for that and that right now everyone around me is healthy sure. you know my father was sick for many years and he died and watching him go through that life you can't be happy when somebody around you is suffering yeah. right now uh, my closest of friends and family everyone's healthy yeah. pretty much yeah. and so I'm I'm most grateful for that like life is good when when yeah. you're healthy and I'm so grateful for friends and family and all the people that are in my company. I, I just, I, I, I love all the people that I'm connected with and that makes me, and that's what life's about at the end of the day. Not, not my, I'm not, I'm grateful for my Range Rover and yeah. for my possessions. Yeah. Like, never. Like, that doesn't bring happiness. Yeah. And, they're, and they're okay to have. And I'm going to say, like, yeah, that's nice. And, but it's not what brings happiness. And I, I'm so grateful that I know that that does not bring happiness. That is a perfect way to end. Um, <laughs> but I, first, before we do that, I'd really like to hey, thank you, Janet, and acknowledge you for years of patience mm -hmm. and uh, drive and switching the narrative, let's say, um, because ultimately, you know, because of those factors, you're bringing joy and great experiences and conversations to thousands of people each day. So. Congratulations for one thing, and thank you for all of us that have experienced this. Oh so. my gosh, it was my pleasure, and thank you. Thank you.